Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Good evening and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? I mean, let's jump right into announcements tonight. So, as you all know, because I've been talking about it forever, Evercon 2017 is upon us. Nine days from when this drops, we will be at the Central Wisconsin Convention and, and, and Expo Center putting on Evercon for you. So, at this point, we have over 200 events available for the weekend. That includes uh, role-playing games, video games, board games, card games seminars and and so much more we just we have a ton of stuff for you so come on out the other big thing that's going on there is uh every year we do an auction for a charity now i've talked about this once or twice before but uh this year it's going to be a silent auction which is something different something that we're going to try a little bit different than in the past and it's going to support the boys and girls club of wasa so great cause Come on out. A lot of really cool, neat things um, from gaming type things into, uh, um, you know, I heard about this uh, awesome watch that just got donated. So it's going to be some really cool stuff. So come out, check that out. We've got food. We've got special guests. We've got just a ton of fun planned for you guys for Evercon 2017. So, uh, you know, go to www.evercon.org. Check it out. Get your badges while you still can. And, uh, you know, come on down. Oh, and if you do want to do an event there, if you want to run something, run a game, run whatever it is, if you want to play Sheephead, whatever you want to do, those close on December 31st. So you got three days from today to get your events in. All right. So into my segment, welcome to my Mind Mare. I'm going to start off with a little something different. Today is my daughter's 17th birthday. So happy birthday, Miss Emma. She, uh... She is a senior in high school, and, uh, you know, it's not going to be so many more times that she's going to be around the house when it's her birthday, so it'll be really kind of nice. Um, she's getting ready to go off to college in the fall, if you can believe that. I can't, so if you can, let me know about it, because I just... <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, the other thing I want to... A couple more things I want to talk about. First of all, things that I'm doing at Evercon. So if you know who I am and you know the kind of things I'm into, this won't surprise you all that much, but I am running two sessions of a game called Cthulhu's Vault, which is kind of a role-playing slash card game kind of setup. It's really kind of a neat concept. Um, I've run it a few times now. I'm going to run it a few more times before Evercon. And uh, it, it just it's a Call of Cthulhu world where you uh, do, you do collective uh, uh, storytelling um, based on the cards in your hand, and it, it's kind of neat because in the end, one of you becomes the bad guy, and then you all fight in the second part of the game to destroy the the evil uh, incarnate that is brought upon by your story. So there's that. I am doing two sessions of Cards Against Humanity. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that because if you know what Cards Against Humanity is, you know what the game is. It's a card game. It's a party game. Um, if you know what Apples to Apples is, it's just Apples to Apples all grown up. That's what that's the way I like to say it, you know. Um, and then I am running one session of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, it's, a, it's a segment that I'm calling uh, The Family Cottage. I'm not going to divulge too much there, but other than the fact that you will be a group of investigators going to check out a, uh, a cottage, um, a... Uh, a a summer house, whatever you want to call it, for uh, somebody of some wealth and influence. And uh, you will then run into all the baddies that come with it. So there's that. I want to talk about here in the Welcome to My Mind Mare segment is the new year. It's upon us. It's four days away from now. And I am looking at, um, on my next podcast, um, which will be the official New Year, New Year's podcast, because that'll drop the closest to the new year. Um, 
I'm going to uh, put out some of my own resolutions for this, and I'm going to kind of drop it on my guest next week that uh, we'll see what her New Year's resolutions are. Um, but we'll get to that. If you want me to know what your New Year's resolutions are, and I'd just kind of like to see, and you guys can send me your uh, your New Year's resolutions at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com. And if there's some really neat ones out there, you never know. You just might make it on the air. So make sure your name's on there, and let me know if you want me to use your name or not. Because um, if you don't tell me, I'm going to put your name out there, because that's just the way this goes. Um, so yeah, so on to our guest tonight. Our, our guest tonight is uh, Christian Amon. Uh, Christian is a friend of mine. I've known him now. He's got to be about 10 years. I think you're right. He's, yep. a, he's a teacher. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good guy. He's a cheese connoisseur. Um, Especially and, the stinky cheeses. Yeah, exactly. That's that. That's always been his phrase. The stinkier, the better. Now, I like cheese. I'm from Wisconsin. I don't have the love for cheese that Christian does. Get past the nose. Limburger is the best. The flavor's unbelievable. Now, I have. I can say I have tried Limburger. The flavor isn't bad. The nose is horrible. Yes. But uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Uh, well, my my name is Christian Amon, and um, I uh, grew up in southern Wisconsin. I always tell all my friends that um, the farm I grew up on is five miles from the Illinois border. So I uh, grew up keeping all the Illinois people out of Wisconsin um, so forth. And then um, went to college. I did my undergraduate at uh, Stevens Point, University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. And I have been a teacher since college, I guess 27 years. So I'm an old guy. Uh, And I've taught German and social studies. And I've also directed a lot of musicals and, uh, you know, in school and run the G-Service Gaming Club since 1989. Um, so I um, I love teaching. I love being with students. I love being with with anyone who's willing to learn. I love to learn myself. Um, I love to game. I'm kind of an old school gamer. I grew up on first edition Dungeons and & Dragons and Traveler. Um, and board games, we, we played the Game Master series. Uh, you know, we did... The Shogun and Axes and Allies and, and uh, Fortress America and so forth and that. And so you're really just an all-around gamer. You do board games, yeah, you do RPGs, yeah. you do the whole works. I, I honestly haven't done a video game since about 1999 or so. I was I was teasing a student because I used to I love the the baseball and the football games and and so it, it was Madden or one of those and I and they and they said Mr. Alman that's from 1999 and I said. Okay, I haven't been on for a while, but... (laughs) (laughs) Now, personally, for me, I've tried some of the new stuff. I get motion sickness with the screen movement. So, I really haven't played video games since Sega Genesis. I think, like, Sonic the Hedgehog was probably the last game I played. I take my Atari out just for... for Shits and giggles. Well, yeah, no, I would would totally But I like Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I still take it out. But, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm too old that the... I watch all these games and these kids, and it's like, wow, how do they keep their cells focused in that? Well, you know, and don't let Christian, uh, uh, you know, kind of downplay himself. Christian is a big reason behind Evercon and why Evercon is and was and became. And uh, if if you want to, you can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Um, I mean, um, Evercon, uh, as you know, 2017 is going through some changes, some really wonderful, positive Changes like location, going to three days, longer hours, more of a professional con. But so when we started it in in 2000, 2000, yeah, December of 2000 was the first one. And then it moved to January's after that, that, you know, we, we had so few people, but yet it was still an event. And we still got, how many, this is, this is always fun because how many people did you have at the very first Evercon that were not students? 18. 18 that were not students. Yeah. And it was 50 cents to enter. Fifty cents. Okay, yeah. and now last year we did over twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred to thirteen hundred. Yeah, we're in the building totally, and uh, you know, so it's really grown a long ways, and the students have changed a lot too. Um, and but yet the gaming club has its own um, uh, purpose. It's I mean, it's definitely Evercon is one part of it, and and this year especially. But yet there's still a you know a brotherhood and a sisterhood of gamers and a, a, a safe place. You know, I, as a teacher. To find a safe place for for kids to be, uh, and families know that too. It's just a, a fun thing. So it's year round, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Game club is, and and I used to volunteer yep. a lot more than I do now. Um, it was it was based. Um, you know, things happen, and 
day, days and yeah. things and things don't work out. So it's been a couple of years since I've been actively involved with Game Club. Yeah, you've done a lot. You and Adam, you know, especially, you know, back with Chatham Games, but I mean, you think of all the hours you two put in. Oh, yeah. And um, now you do hold a distinction in my mind. I don't know anybody else who is a dual citizen. Oh, you, I am. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I am a citizen of Switzerland and America. And uh, it's because my father was born in Switzerland, um, and my mother was born here, but her parents were both born there also. Um, so it's, it's, it's a unique situation because before I was 18 and, and I had, you know, signed up for the selective service, right. America then sent me a sort of, United States sent me a certified letter and they say, we recognize your dual citizenship, but don't you ever serve in the Swiss army. And in, in Switzerland, it's mandatory compulsory service. So... I had a tough situation. So Switzerland sends me a letter in German and tells me that uh, I can be granted an exclusion from serving since I'm a citizen over here in America, living abroad, as they call it. Um, but I could not put uh, 90 days, uh, consecutive days in Switzerland ever in my life till I'm like, until I was 40 or 42. And I oh, really? That. Yeah. So once you were beyond the age of... Yeah, yeah. And I had, and, and I had to um, carry... A special card with me when I, I've been in Switzerland five times. And I had to carry a special card with me up to about forty okay. because um, any official could ask to see my passport and and check my age and and then they would say and they would check if I'm serving because it's it's pretty strict, you yeah, know, and so okay. forth. So it's kind of an interesting thing, and it does extend on to my wife uh, and my children. Um, okay. So in in times of trouble or whatever, I would be called home and so forth and that. Um, but yet, I love both countries, so it's it's it's, right, it's a right. tough situation, and um, uh, and I you know had had no real desire to serve in either military, right? Know, right. Not, but I support both fully. Um, Switzerland's an interesting uh, country, Chad, because it, it's a true confederation, like we started, right? You know, yep. and so there are all these little, um, well, they, well, they call them cantons, but they're like counties. They're about the size of a like Marathon County is probably larger than most of those cantons, okay? And they're very democratic. But as you move from one canton to another, the laws do change, and there really? are some cantons that do not allow women to vote, which is kind still, of still still today. Yeah, wow. A national, they can't stop it, but for yeah. for the state or the canton things, they can. So, wow. So yeah, it's a it's a neat country and small and it's beautiful. it's a neutral country too. Very right? neutral, yeah. They don't yeah. they don't really take sides. No, for... they haven't. And and the Swiss give us the guards for the Pope. Absolutely. Yep, so yep, yep, and and. Uh, you know, very safe banks and so forth and that. Uh, and, you know, as all, as much as they talk about people putting things there illegally, there's a lot of legal money kept there, too. And, and their interest rates are not that high or anything. It's just secure. Right. Everything is slow and secure. If you put your money in there, it's going to still be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that's something. About all right. It. So let's jump into today in history. And as I always tell people, so that uh, the history uh, history dot com doesn't come back after me, is I get all my stuff from history dot com slash this day in history. So December twenty eighth, eighteen ninety five, was the first commercial movie was screened. On this day in eighteen ninety five, the world's first commercial movie screening takes place at the Grand Cafe in Paris. The film was made by Louis and Auguste Lumiere, two French brothers who developed a camera projector called the Simit. Cinematography. Cinematography. Yeah. The Lumiere brothers unveiled their invention to the public in March 1895 with a brief film showing workers leaving the Lumiere factory. On December 28th, the entrepreneurial siblings screened a series of short scenes from everyday French life and charged admission for the first time. Movie technology has its roots in the, eight, in the early 1830s when Joseph Plateau of Belgium and Simon Stamper of Austria simultaneously developed a device called the phonocytoscope, phonocytoscope, something like that, which incorporated a spinning disc with slots through which a series of drawings could be viewed, creating the effect of a single moving image. The scope, considered the predecessor precursor of modern motion pictures, was followed by decades of advances, and in 1890, Thomas Edison and his assistant, William Dixon, developed the first motion picture camera called the kinetoscope. To, I'm sorry, kinetograph. The next year, 1891, Edison invented the kinetoscope, a machine with a peephole viewer that allowed one person to watch a strip of film as it moved past the light. 
1894, Antoine Lumiere, the father of Auguste uh, and Louis, saw a demonstration of Edison's kinetoscope. The elder Lumiere was impressed, but reportedly told his sons, who ran a successful photographic plate factory in Lyon, France, that they could come up with something better. Louis Lumiere's cinematograph, which was patented in 1895, was a combination movie camera and projector that could display moving images on a screen for an audience. The cinematograph was was also a smaller, lighter, and used less film than Edison's technology. The Lumiere opened theaters, known as cinemas, in 1896 to show their work and sent crews of cameramen around the world to screen films and shoot new material. In America, the film industry quickly took off. In 1896, Vitascope Hall, believed to be the first theater in the U.S. devoted to showing movies, opened in New Orleans. In 1909, the New York Times published its first film review of D.W. Griffith's Pippa Passes. In 1911, the first Hollywood film studio opened, and in 1914, Charlie Chaplin made his big screen debut. In addition to the cinematograph, the Lumieres also developed the first practical color photography process, the autochrome plate, which debuted in 1907. So you're a history guy, too. I, I saw that, and I'm like, that is pretty I didn't neat. think it was that early. No, I didn't either. Right. I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, Turn early century. 19... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um... But anyway, let's jump into your topic. Now, when you were supposed to be on a month ago or so... Yep, I do apologize for no, missing that's, that. No, that's okay, but um, I had made a guess about what you were going to talk about, and I have officially technically stopped making guesses, but since I made the guess back then, I told the people the following week that when you came on, I would remind everybody what the guess was and see if I was right. So my guess is we're going to talk about cheese. No. No. Of course. Although not. that would be great. That would be wonderful. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to talk about tonight? We're going to talk about politics slash civil discourse. Okay. So we're talking Gandhi stuff. Uh, we're talking American politics. Okay. So not not so much civil disobedience, civil discourse, the ability for people, especially now after the election, to sit down and respect each other and talk to each other and get along. Okay. So we, we, we do a lot of this. We did some of this in our socialist classes this year. The, the term of, of civil discourse is uh, it's kind of defined as the ability to respect someone else's opinion on politics and yet give yours. Right. You know. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of that. I do something very similar to that. And I always say, um, just, just for background, so everybody knows, this year Donald Trump was elected President of the United States. Yep. And in January, on the 20th of January, he, will, noon. Take, yep. yeah, he <laughs> will take his oath of office and he will become the 45th President of the United States. I believe so. Yeah. So, um, my big thing was that the morning after the election, I took to social media and I said, you know, congratulations, Mr. Trump. Right. Prove me wrong. Right. I remember when you did that. You know, I'm not a big fan of his, mm-hmm. which a lot of people are like, but you're conservative. Yeah, but Donald Trump is not what I'm looking for, you know? Right. Um, well, go ahead. But so I would say, you know, and I said, you know, prove me wrong. Yeah. You know, maybe he will be a good president, and, but everything I see leading up to him taking office does not look like he's going to be a good president. Correct. Correct. And even some of his appointments and so forth as, as we go forward. Yeah. But I, I guess, you know, and maybe I look at it as a history teacher. And if we go back to the beginning, okay, George Washington was technically a Federalist. Yeah. But said, I really don't belong to the party. And there's the old wise tale that near his deathbed, he said, parties will be the death of me, the death of this country. And it's almost given that that well, was, that was made up. But the point is... He would be rather disappointed at what has become that people are so into, or not people, but politicians are so into this party platform instead of being individuals. Right. And and the question really remains is, was he really a federalist or was that a tag that history has put on him? You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Because those that were not for the Constitution and are not for the change were called anti-federalists. Right. Although Hamilton was, and he was, you know, kind of his secondhand person. But yeah, it's a very good point. But as we look through the United States history, and, and, and I guess, you know, being a, being a foreign language teacher for a while, I, I, I love to tell, you know, Americans that don't realize this, that 
a lot of European countries have more than two choices. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Right, and and they they also learn learn to work in coalitions and compromise. And yeah, you know, I guess that's one thing. At one point, to, just to bring across to Chad and see what your opinion on this is, it it seems like the extremes of the country get the press time. The extremes are the ones that you know on both ends, liberal and very conservative, and and yet the. The average American isn't in those extreme areas. Right. You know? you know, it's 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 like anything. I mean, if you break anything down by 100%, you're going to have 10% on one extreme side, 10% on the other extreme side, and the other Everyone 80% else in the middle. <laughs> is going to be somewhere along, you know, that, that right. line. I think, unfortunately, with America, um, controversy sells. Yeah. Sex sells. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these things that the average American looks at and goes, this is ridiculous. But because they yell the loudest, they make the biggest scene they get reported on. Right. Um, You know, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, you always hear about the cop, you know, the cop that's in trouble because he shot somebody. He shot a black man. He shot, you know, whatever, but you never hear about the thousands of cops that do their job and are good citizens and do what they're supposed to do. Correct. You know, and that's because this country, it, it's its about watches, it's about sales, it's about everything. And you and I sitting here talking about it isn't going to make the news because yeah. they can't sell this. <laughs> and, and I just, I and I think... Um, so long answer to your short question is yeah. yes. I, I think it is unfortunate that the extremes get all the press, but they do. Yeah, they do. They do. And... and um, you know, if we if we look at our two major parties, Democrat and and Republican, and I have, I have friends that you know in both, and I would con- I would consider myself a very conservative Democrat, or a very liberal Republican. You know, socially liberal but conservative on, on you, a lot of fiscal. You know, things. you and I kind of sit in the same right? place. Yeah, and and yet <laughs> neither candidate, any candidate, really, you know, answered my questions. And for a country of three hundred twenty-five million, you know, we right. should have been able to produce better. But 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 it is also wrong to 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 group people with their party, um, like a lot of my conservative friends, and they know that I'm very patriotic, and they're like, "But you can't be your Democrat." And and that's that, a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry, people that say that. Like, I know, I know. And and it probably makes you mad too, because right. it's like, why can I not love my country? It's just like eight years ago when Barack Obama was elected. Now. Most people know this because I talk about it because, it, to me, it's it's not that big of a secret. I voted for Barack Obama the first mm-hmm. time. Why? Because I was sick of the Republican Party. Right. And he, he promised change and he promised all this stuff. And I, you know, whether you call it getting caught up in the mania, whatever it was, I said, you know, that's where my vote needs to go. Mm-hmm. And he won. And it took him, honestly, about 100 days for me to go, oh, why did I vote for him? You know, and so the second time came around and they said, okay, it's Barack Obama and it's um, Mitt Romney. And though Mitt Romney didn't fit me completely, he fit more than Barack. So I voted for Mitt Romney. Now, he didn't win. And as the end of Barack's eight years are coming up, I'm actually finding things that he's done that I like. Now, I'm not a fan of the ACA. But I'm a fan of where that's going, you know. Because something had to be done. Something has to be done, and now it's at a same with immigration. Yeah. Now the the ACA is at the point where they gotta they either have to revamp it, or they need to get rid of it. But you can't just pitch it like like Donald Trump saying is day one out the door. You got 20 million people that aren't going to be insured, and well, that's and 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 to do a follow up, you know, a lot of my my conservative friends. One or two said, but Christian, when I brought this up, they said, but you can't accuse us of not supporting, like, for example, gay lesbian rights or so forth and that. And I said, yeah, you're right. But you know how it comes across from the national mainstream media, you know? Right. And that's the problem is we all see this very fringe, very, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Very extremes. Yeah. 
And that's what everybody says. So if you're a Democrat, you look at that and you go, oh, my God, the Republicans are insane. Yeah. And if you're a Republican or a conservative-leaning person, you look at it and you go, oh, my God, the, the Democrats are insane. Yeah. And I used to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm not as old as you. Mm-hmm. My first time, the first time I voted was for Bill Clinton for his for in in ninety four. So no ninety ninety six. So I was old enough to vote in ninety four, but yeah. I voted in ninety six for the first time for a second, you know. And I was a big fan of Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Now, as I look at him through history's lens, probably not as good as I thought he was. But you know, I was very. I I look back fiscally, and there's some pretty good things. No, some, there are. Some. Absolutely, some. there are some. But it's not... He wasn't the rock star president I thought he was at the well, time. That's I don't think what anyone ever is. You know, you right, know, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, that's the thing, too, is if we look at... at um, and I always think about my father, you know, like my father said, he said, you know, Christian, he said, when when Ike ran, it was a toss-up who which party would get him. And he yeah. had the popularity of World War II, you know, and well, Reagan was a Democrat for part of his life. Well, you right. know, he and, was a very liberal Democrat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually read a story um, when Nancy Reagan passed away, and they were talking about how Ronald and Nancy met, and Ronald was head of the um, Screen Actors Guild of SAG, and she had been blackballed as a communist. Yeah, I think I heard that. So, you know, they met, and... You know, the the article really didn't talk about what happened, but obviously she got de-blackballed because she was, you know, um, but then when they got married and they were, and he wanted to go into politics and he wanted to go in as a Democrat and Nancy said, no, she said, go in as a Republican. They need someone like you. And Reagan was always kind of that middle of the road. You know, he was a Republican, but my dad, who is staunchly Democratic, he's a union guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He's voted Democrat for forever, mm-hmm. voted for Reagan. You know, he was, Reagan mm-hmm. was that, was That's that. interesting. Well, the other, the other thing is, uh, I've read and heard too, is that, you know, Reagan was not this Christian far right person, as people think. You no, know? but yeah. he did things with our country. And just like Trump is not. Right. Personally, personally. Right. But, you know, Reagan did things, though, um, on a global scale that made the world a better place. Depending on which way you look at it, I can see your face. You're kind of like, eh, that guy's full I, of shit I, over No, there. no, I, absolutely. I, I respect your opinion and what I, you know, I, I at the time, like I was studying abroad mm-hmm. in, in most of 86 and so forth and that. And, 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 and that, that's, that's where, um, like my, my views on, on world uh, politics and foreign relations, I call myself much more a libertarian. Uh, a Rand supporter, you know, um, um, and so and, other, uh, and other what than the Russian thing, I think Trump may be right on some things foreign policy wise. He might be, I, you know, because he's willing to at least look about the possibility of not cutting our military but not expanding, right? You know, right? And I think we need to. Well, I go ahead. I interrupted you. No, that's that's okay. That that happens a lot on these shows, but you know. The thing about Reagan, the thing that really I remember, because you got to remember, when he went out of office in 90, I was 14. So, politics was not a big part of my life at that point. But, you know, I remember the, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. You know, and and they, they integrated Germany, and Germany became one again. I mean, I remember West Germany. I'm sure you do. Absolutely. Our, my kids, they have no clue what West Germany is. No. I mean, Emma does because she, she studied yeah. German. But, but they, other than that, no. you know, and to them, even it's Cold just War, a, I can barely bring that up. And, you know, like even in Gaming Club, I'll talk um, Hunt for Red October. I'll talk. That's a great movie. It is. <laughs> and I can't tell you the number of the kids that this, they don't have any grasp on the Cold War. Whereas, you know, we live right. through it. And even though we live through the end of it. but I actually work with a girl. She's my age. I'm not going to say her name. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but just in case. I said to her once something about the Cold War, and she said, well, why was it cold? And I said, why do you think it was cold? And she goes, was it fought in Russia? And I'm like, no, I'm like, it was cold because there was no actual military combat. Right. It was, it was, it was. A war of words. and Words yeah. and threats. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, the closest that the Cold War got to being hot was Bay of Pigs. Yep. Um, I'm not old enough to remember that art. No, I'm not. No, either. I didn't think so. But 
Um, you know, when, when, when the Russians were sitting off Cuba and the United States is going, Oh shit. You, you know, stop these missiles or yeah. Yeah. You know, and different uh, time too. But you know, as you watch parties too, I don't know, I don't know how much you've studied that, but the Democrats and the Republicans by name have flipped their positions over history. Yeah. You know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Abraham Lincoln yeah. was a Republican. No, he wasn't. By today's standards, yeah. he would have been a Democrat. First elected. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was actually a third party at that point. Because yeah. I was, I, I, I got mad during this last election cycle because I was a really, I was a Johnson fan. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, yeah. you know, points. and they kept saying, and they kept saying, no third party has ever won, and I'm thinking, but he did. Yeah. Right, because he was technically, I mean, he was a Republican, but at that time that was third party. Now, granted, it was for his second term so it doesn't mean as much but i was just like things get skewed so badly and i have learned over the years that i have stopped listening i i listen to the radio i take what they tell me and then i go do research on it because you can't believe what anybody says and, and i i i um i have a real connection to europe and i i love to listen to european reporting of things and so forth and that and um not to say that it's completely neutral either but i mean it, it's a good uh, you know, whether it's the British broadcasting broadcasting or something else, but just to hear another opinion outside of the country, because it is almost like at least the major, I mean, obviously Fox, you know, my stand on that, but I mean, the, the others too, I mean, MSBN and so forth, you know, it really, everything seems to be pointed one way. Yeah, absolutely. It's very hard to find outside of like, and I hate to say this, or actually I don't hate to say this, but NPR, yeah, you know, things like that. I mean, I've listened to NPR. I started listening to NPR about a year ago or so. And when they do, when they talk about something, they go, okay, so they'll bring two people onto a show and one's going to be one side of the, and the other person's going to be the other side. And unlike when you listen to a talk show on the radio, like if you listen to Rush or to uh, any of those type of guys. They're not screaming at each other. They actually sit there and they have a discourse and, you know, they might say, okay, well, I don't agree with you on this. This is what I think. But nobody, you know, I sometimes picture these guys get on like Sean Hannity and they're like choking each other, you know, because it's just like, it's so, the problem is, the problem with shows like that, in my estimation, is that they're actually entertainment. They've got to keep numbers up in order to keep their show. So, yes, they're talking about political stuff, but they're going to bring on the most, again, the extremes, because that's what sells listens. And it's unfortunate that our country's that way, but if enough people know that, and you go out and you do your own research, mm -hmm. it's going to make much easier to understand what's really going on. Um, if I can ask you, Chad, and this is 19th century, is there a president early 1800s, that helps, that is going into the presidency almost like Trump is going in where he was a complete outsider, a, 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 a people's man, the common man, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to ask you that same question because I don't know. Yeah. But before I say that, how Donald Trump has convinced everybody that he's just common Joe Blow is completely how. Right. <laughs> He's he isn't. He's never grocery shopped. He is not. Yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I'm just like, yeah. you know. It, but anyway, so president, which president are you thinking? Andrew you, Jackson. Jackson, okay. Yeah. Jackass Jackson. Yeah, I mean, the the guy that, you know, would be racist one, one time and swear a lot, as they said, in the Oval Office, but be racist towards an African American or a Native American and then have some best friends that yeah. way. But, you know, and and bribes in his kitchen cabinet and you know just um and and yet you know he just like trump was elected duly elected deserves to be president and yet wasn't that educated polished because before that everyone was from massachusetts or virginia yeah and they were super wealthy even thomas jefferson was just a big wealthy farmer but he was wealthy and, and educated mm -hmm. and and so all of a sudden you got someone who was from the backwoods of Kentucky, you know, and, and I think that was probably the common appeal. 
appeal. And people yeah, said, because we don't need to be. None of us, especially back then, where right. nine out of ten people couldn't read or write. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think I think one thing that has gone wrong with politics, and I've talked about this before, and I'll probably talk about it again, is terms. There's no the only term limits out there are for the president. And we know that can be broken because it's been done. FDR was served for four. I liked it to the fourth, but then died a few right. months. Right. He died right at the end of World War Two. Yeah. But it's like, and, 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 you know, it used to be you did your civic duty. Nobody wanted to be a senator or a for congressman. Life, yeah. They're like, they were farmers and they got sent to Washington. They went and they did their two years or four years or six years, whatever it was at the time. And they're like... I am out of here. I got a farm to run and I've got, so I think that would be one thing that would help bring some stability to American politics is Mm -hmm. term limits. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody, I I was talking to somebody once and they said, well, well then how can anybody ever be president? They can't be anything else. And I'm like, no, it's whatever it is. If you want to be mayor, you can be mayor for X terms. You can be governor. You can be senator. You just can't. Right. You could still be a career politician if you really wanted to. positions, yeah. But you would have to work your way up. Or whatever, work your way down, you know, whatever. Um, you know, and, and you know, I don't know. You know, Barack Obama didn't have a big history of government before he got president. Yeah, I think he well, was a state, but I think Senate himself was maybe one term. Yeah. Right? He was either a, a first or a second term, you know, senator. Maybe second, I don't know, yeah. And... He got, he did a speech at the, uh, at the, uh, Democratic convention and he blew up, yeah. you know, and, and great on him. You know, he's got his high points and he's got his low points as a president, as all presidents Just do. Just like anyone else. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think once he retires, I don't think we're going to see him all that much as far as politics go, which no. is pretty standard for presidents. So, uh, yeah. Some have become Supreme Court justices. Some did. A few, yeah. which is shocking. But usually that's about it. They either Robert retire. Cleveland became oh, a mayor after being president. Wow. Yeah, of um, after a second term. Yeah, somewhere in Ohio, uh, he became a a, a uh, governor. I always thought that was kind of weird. I think it was Grover Cleveland. I could have the wrong president, but there was uh, a president who served his uh, term and then ended up being in local politics. So another thing I would like to bring up, you know, kind of this mm-hmm. is is now shifted to the state. I guess, and and. Part of me, and maybe it's with that Swiss heritage, I like a lot of decisions, some decisions made by the state. But, um, you know, specifically, you know, I'm an educator, but, you know, the, the whole choice of schools, which, in, in like my brother was in Chicago, even though he now goes to public, but did to, to Catholic for quite a while with his children, he says, well, Christian, it's a different situation in the large cities. I said, yeah, but I truly believe America should found, should be supportive of their public schools. And, and that's something, too, that I don't think the conservatives and the, and most of the conservatives and the Republicans of this state are so much for that, like other parts of the mm-hmm. nation. Right. So, so I guess my question isn't on the issue, Chad, but I really, I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican, but I really wish that politicians within the state, and I'm not just talking governor, but senators and assemblymen, mm-hmm. you know, and so forth and that, mayors and so forth, I wish they'd kind of stay away from the national connection and vote unconscious and obviously vote on what their constituents want. Well, because, and, and that's going to require that separation from platform yep. to personal belief. Exactly. But the problem is when you run on personal belief and if it doesn't fit into one of these Republican or Democrats and you're unwilling to change your view in, in air quotes, then you have to run independent or you have to run on a third party platform and then you don't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you know, I was a fan of our current governor. I was, he came in, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to come in, I'm going to balance the budget where, where I and everybody else went wrong is we didn't say, how are you going to balance that budget? Nobody asked that question. And how did he do it? Well, he gutted education. Right. Which is a horrible thing. And when, I mean, that just blew my mind. I'm like, okay, he did what he said he was going to do. Why didn't anybody ask the question of, how are you going to do it? On both sides. Exactly. Exactly. And just when the Democrats want to spend, spend, spend. You know, it's just like, there has to be a happy medium. And, 
you know, maybe somebody's a tough call and you have to wear, you have to raise taxes, you know. And I, I think, you know, another thing, this is that whole term of compromise. I had a friend of mine, Chad, um, who was, was rather liberal, but he even said he was looking at something with Bernie Sanders, who I supported in a lot of ways. But he said, you know, when when any politician of any party is out there campaigning and says, this is what it's going to be and I will not compromise, he says, we as constituents need to say, stop, get off the ballot. Because there has to be compromise. Right. Without compromise, we But would. without compromise, we get Donald Trump as president. Because right. he's not a guy that's going to say, oh, wait, you have a better idea than me? Yeah. Good. You know, he's, he's, he doesn't strike. And again, it goes back to, and I'll say this again, he deserves the respect of his office. You don't have to respect the man. Right. You don't have to respect what he does. But he does deserve the respect of that office. He went through the system just like every other president before him, yeah. he got elected through the uh, through the uh, the college of of, of uh, electoral college. the electoral college, yeah. just like every president. Well, most presidents before him, yeah. we can't say that he doesn't belong there. No, I I think the success of Donald Trump will be the Republican Party because I think. If the Republican Party can rein him in on a few things, we can be successful. Not even his cabinet, I think, because oh, his, his cabinet to me is a little scary. Maybe a lot is scary. <laughs> you know, they, they maybe, put, maybe not. I hope I'm wrong. You know, some of some of his some of his appointments are iffy at yeah. best. Yeah, right. But you know, it does make for great memes on Facebook. Like they had like. Um, what was it, Secretary of um, Animal Control or something like that. It was a picture of Cruella DeVille. You know, things like that. So it makes for good humor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, some of his cabinet, and I and I, I, I will admit um, not knowing a lot of who he's appointed to cabinets. I yeah. mean, I hear it, but then yeah. I don't remember it. Um, I know the big thing now is he appointed a retired general um, to a position that he may or may not be able to actually take because he hasn't been out of the Army long yeah. enough. Um, and there's a lot of CEOs in that, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but I think it should be looked at individually, each one. Yeah. You know. And, well, unfortunately, I there it's very hard to stop a cabinet appointment. Yeah. You know, it's not like a like a, um, a Supreme Court justice, justice or it's something not, like yeah, that. It's not it's, a vote. It's yeah. there. There's very specific steps you have to take to stop an appointment. Yeah, and so that's that's why um, my uh, my statement that I believe it's the party, his own party, that I think. Because, you know, we look at Chad, at, you know, throughout the campaign, throughout his campaign and, and a lot of the, the anti-immigrant and anti-this and, you know, and so forth and that, which has incredibly toned itself down since he is oh, president Oh, yeah, alive, absolutely. Since he's which been... is wonderful. But I'm hoping, in my mind, just personally, that the the great leaders of the Republican Party or just in mass are going to tell him at some point things, stop it. Right. There, there's going to... One or two things are going to... Because it can't ha- be the other side. <laughs> no, no. In my estimation, one or two things are going to happen. Either the, the Republican Party is going to take hold of him and make him a president. Yep. Or he's going to be a wild card. He's going to be a one-term president. Yep. And the GOP is going to hurt for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a very good point. If they can't, if they can't control him, yeah. they may even... The Republicans may go away. They may be replaced by something else. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but I... You know, I'm... I have a hard time still thinking President Trump. I, it's still... It just doesn't sit right. Yeah. yeah. But... but and, 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 you know, look at my, my Democratic Party and, and those moderate and far left. You know, the amount of protests and things they're doing right now before he he's even in. And when it gets violent, you know, I, it's really disappointing. It, it really, it really upsets me to see that, especially the violence that happened in some of these larger cities, yeah. the, or, the orchestrated violence. Right. Just absolutely no reason for that. It it kind of reminds me of like, uh, you know, the '70s in Ireland. I mean, it's not quite that vicious yet, but, but if they don't, if we don't find a way to contain it, yeah, yeah. you know, um, you know, unfortunately. You know, Donald Trump won, but the, the Democrats really didn't put up anybody that was worth voting for either. Absolutely. You know, and it, I mean, and it, it's happened now a few times in my life where 
Hillary Clinton won the um, popular vote, popular vote, but she didn't get the right states. Yeah, you know. Um, Can I ask your opinion? You know, cause, yeah, because you know I teach electoral college, and and um, the students have a hard time grasping it, and and so they'll say like, Mr. Hammond, okay, Wisconsin has. Well, it's over five million, but say we have three and a half million people that can vote. Right. We only get ten votes. I don't get it, you know. And I tell them, well, we get two for the Senate and eight for the House of Reps, and you add it together. And and I said, look at it. If we don't have it, I said the big states would do everything. Yeah. The, but the, the presidential election would be con- done through four or five states. It would be it would be Los Angeles. It would be New York. It would be Miami, Florida, Pennsylvania. Houston, yep. New Pennsylvania, York, yeah. Illinois, and that'd be done. So uh, so I understand that, but. I think, and I I should know this being a history teacher, but maybe New Jersey, one or two states, they divide up the votes. Every other state, it's winner take all. Right, which so, I think is wrong. Exactly, right? I think it should be based on the number of votes. Right. Wisconsin was, I mean, it should Trump be six got, and four, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty close because it was it was what twenty two thousand votes yeah, after so the probably recount? six and four yeah because you can't go five and five right because that doesn't make any sense I mean yeah. not not I mean twenty two thousand yeah. votes is still a lot of votes you know and I've asked colleagues and I've been and I remember in college and high school too and there's never been a, a defense why it couldn't be that way but there are one or two states that have that not win or take all but it's just, to me it's just fairer <laughs> well the and the states that don't have the winner take all are small states yeah yeah so it really doesn't affect anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think the smallest state with um, the smallest number of electoral votes is Rhode Island with three. Yeah. Or one of the Dakotas. I'm not sure. I but think, it's, it, I but, think but, it's Rhode Island but with it's three. three. I yeah. know that. And, um, you know, but New Jersey's got, what, maybe six? Yeah. So even if they split that, I mean, three mm-hmm. each way. What's it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, in theory, it could be a decision maker. Yeah. But it's not going to be. So, um, and I'm trying to think what election changed that, but, you know, our first few elections, the person with the most vote got president and the second most got vice president. Right. Well, that took about two or three terms to realize that presidents and vice presidents weren't going to get along. Right. Even socially that we had to change that, you know, so that's... Which is probably a good thing. You probably do want two people from the same party. Because otherwise, yeah, it's just... Nothing ever would get done. I mean, even less than gets done now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, you know, you go back to people like George Washington, you know, being the first president. He uh, he kind of said, you know, after eight years, that's 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 yeah. it. That's Because he would have been elected. He would have easily been elected. He would have been president. elected until the day he died. Right. Absolutely. W- without question. Because of his history as a general yeah. and, you know, the American Revolution and all that kind of stuff. But he was smart enough. I mean, well... Let's step back even yeah, further. He was smart sure. enough not to take the appointment as king. Yeah, because you know, people wanted him to. They they offered it to him, and it's and he's like, "Why did we fight this war if we're just going to have somebody else to answer to?" Yeah. You know, uh, you know, history tells us that George Washington, on a personal level, wasn't liked by very many people. No. He was kind of hard to get along with. He was kind of a kind yeah. of a dick. You know. Yeah. Well, and he didn't have, well, you know, like Adams. Adams was very similar. Right. Uh, although highly intelligent compared to Jefferson, who was a little more. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And yet, you know. You know, but I think if we look at the first five or even the first ten presidents, if they saw what has become it, they wouldn't recognize this as the America that they no, put together. No. You but know? then again, we were a nation of farms. Yeah. And we, were and we still kind of are. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of farming that takes place. Yeah. Especially in our part of the world. Yeah. Our country. You right. Know? Yeah. You know, the, the grain belt, as we're called. Yeah. Although it's big farms. Yeah. yeah, it is getting away from the family farms more into that big yeah. uh, industrialized yeah, farming. Yeah. But um, so, anything else you wanted to talk about? Or no, I did. I I've been you know I was thinking for a few weeks of what to bring up, and that's been on my mind. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, though, and, and I think Chad, there are a lot of Americans like you and me out there that are absolutely fine having this discussion, and yet the few extremes, including some of the party tops, are saying no. And are are battling that in? No, you can't talk to that. Or right, you, you know, families that are divided. You know, it's just like. <sighs> I mean, come on! What are we, the Catholics and the Lutherans? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I remember. I remember hearing stories about like uh, so did I. my my parents, brothers, and sisters, and stuff, and they they wanted to marry outside the religion, and it was a. I mean, yeah. that was 
big. Same from my point. Yeah, you can't you know? go with Christian. I was dating a Catholic girl once in high school, and my dad says, "You know she's Catholic." I said, well, yeah. He goes, "No," I said. I said, "Screw you," you know. But I mean, <laughs> right? You know. But there was a time where, yeah. right? I mean, you know, things change, and and you know, we can only hope for the best with President Trump. Right. Right. So, all right, let's jump into the teaser for next week. So next week, I have Dawn Muscovitz. Um, I have never met her in person. I know her through Al Seeger, who uh, who has been on my podcast a few times, and um, he uh, and I do his podcast quite a bit. Um, but I've never met her in person. Um, I I know her through social media, so that ought to be interesting. Um, it'll be the first show I do too, where she won't be sitting across the chair from me. She'll be, she'll be calling in from uh, Green Bay, and we'll be doing it through Skype. So we'll see how that works out. Maybe we'll have an episode next week. Maybe we won't. Who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, mailbag. I didn't get anything this week. People, come on, send me email questions, concerns, anything. Uh, you know, there's two ways. There's two ways you get your name mentioned on this podcast. One is to write in, or to be a guest, like Christian was today. But those are the only two ways. So send me your emails. Send me your I want to be on your podcast kind of emails at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com. And into our final segment, quote of the day. So what I do here, Christian, is normally I use one quote. I tell you the quote. And uh, you guess who said the quote. Okay. I've actually got two quotes from two different people today. One's kind of funny because I had to do it. But And you'll see why in a second here. So this is the funny one. I'm sure I won't get it, but I'll try. You probably won't. When questioned about a word they had just said, this person retorted, well, I just said it, didn't I? I would just say Donald Trump, but I have no clue. No, actually, it was my daughter, Emma. When she was four years old. (laughs) And it's her birthday. She should be on. it's her birthday. That's why I did it. When she was four years old, and I can't, I couldn't tell you what the word is at this point. But she looked at me and she said this word and I turned around and I looked at her and I said, is that even a word? And she looks at me and she puts her hands on her hips and she goes, well, I just said it, didn't I? I'm like, four-year-old logic, four-year-old logic. (laughs) All right. So the, the actual quote for today, I don't want to sound disloyal, but I've never had a pair of Marvel pajamas or underwear. I do have a lot of Marvel figurines at home in a cabinet. Every time they make a new Marvel figure, I put it in my cabinet. And I'm a Marvel comic guy. I'm not a Marvel movie guy, so it's an actor. And I would have no clue. I was hoping it was going to be something late 1800s and presidential. <laughs> no, no, I didn't go that okay, way. Okay, say it one more time, please. All right, so I don't want to sound disloyal, but I've never had a pair of Marvel pajamas or underwear. I do have a lot of Marvel figurines at home in a cabinet. Every time they make a new Marvel figure, I put it in my cabinet. Um, I'm going to guess, and I gotta, it's going to take me a second, hopefully, to get the name. And he also starred in, in Oklahoma, shocking of all musicals, in London. And if he played Wolverine, um... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and that's um, way off, but who's the name? It's Stan Lee, actually. Uh, Stan Lee, who... Actually turns 94 years old today. Oh, that, I should, okay, you were staying old with me. All right. Yeah, I yeah, should, so. I was kept thinking you were thinking. <laughs> so Well uh, done. Happy birthday, Mr. Lee. And, Absolutely. And thank you for everything. And good night, everyone.